Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. Just recently, the president forgave a bunch of student loans. Let's talk about that. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast, or TFWP, as we like to call it. You're listening to episode 525. That's episode 25 in our fifth season. Let's get right to it. Hey, look who we have here with us today. It's Nick. How you doing, Nick? Hey, look, it's Dave Hagen on hey. TFWP. There you go. There you go. You're coming to us from San Diego. It is hot, Dave. And did yeah. you hear that we basically had a hurricane in the past yeah, couple of days? It was nice. We got some water on the ground up here and and any kind of water on the ground, I'm I'm all for it. Even if it was a big spit, we need as much water as we can get, you know. <laughs> so, man, oh, man. Well, um, I've really been looking forward to talking uh, to you, Nick, about this topic because we're talking about student loan forgiveness. And you're a guy about town that's got some student loans from oh, getting a God. professional degree. Dave, come on. Come on. So I, I think this will be interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. So. Recently, the president forgave a whole bunch of student loans, and I figured now it's time to comment. Now that all of the political stuff is uh, apparently in the rear view mirror. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about uh, what's really going to happen or what's happened and what's the history of this. And, and a lot of topics that are going to fall all around that, like, you know, is it fair? Um, is this a solution to the problem? Um, you know, some real life examples from um, people that I've sat down with talking about their personal finances. So um, I think this could be really interesting. So according to the White House description um, on the student loan relief, uh, the White House says that there's 43 million students that have student loans. And this new program or this new uh, initiative will wipe away uh, all of the debt for half of these people. And the forgiveness is going to be $10,000 per, per person. Uh, if you're making less than $125,000 or $250,000 for a, a married couple, and if somebody um, uh, has some Pell Grants, they could get double that relief. But the first thing that occurred to me, Nick, and this is kind of interesting, um, you got to be making less than $125,000 or two hundred fifty for a married couple. That's that's a lot of money. I, th I think there's people that are making some pretty good money that are going to get some debt relief. What do you think? I mean, I think it's interesting. Is that number arbitrary? I mean, it yeah. just seems like a very random number. Well, a lot of these things are, are uh, you know, random or arbitrary. Um, they recently increased the homestead exemption or protection of equity in someone's house in California to $600,000. Um, where'd they come up with that number? Well, it was, it was a political compromise, but some of these numbers, yeah, it looks like they just, you know, pick them off the uh, uh, back of the envelope. But given these numbers, the government thinks that half of those that have student loans will have their debt forgiven completely. 
Now, the press release or the information from the White House says that the typical student owes about $25,000 in debt. Interesting to note that the Federal Reserve disagrees. They say it's about $38,000. Who knows? Who knows? But there's a little difference there from two different federal sources. But that's what they intend to do. And this package is going to include not only loan forgiveness, but loan forbearance, more loan forbearance, and then also income-driven repayment. Um, So if somebody is making less than a certain amount of money and they make some payments or they've been in the pay mode for uh, 10 years, uh, the balance will, um, you know, the balance will go away as well. So, um, you know, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see the way that this plays out. Some other statistics, you know, we love statistics. The total amount of student loan debt is about 1.7 trillion with a T trillion dollars. There's more student loan debt in the United States than there is credit card debt. And over a third of the people who have student loans um, have no degree at all. They weren't able to get a degree uh, despite borrowing money. And again, you know, we're big interest rate people here. We think that that makes a big difference in a lot of these decisions. The average interest rate on these loans is about four and a half to to 7%. Now, these are government loans. Private loans are probably a lot higher, but they're not going to be covered by this. Um, Some more statistics from Penn University. Wharton claims that this is going to cost about $500 billion for the debt forgiveness. Uh, portion of this, and they estimate that 75% of the benefit will go to people making less than $88,000 a year. That's a slightly different statistic that was uh, what in what was in the, the White House press release. Not that they're necessarily at variance, but I think they're measuring slightly different things. But $500 billion will go to debt forgiveness, about $16 billion it'll cost for the loan forbearance, and $350 to $600 billion for the income-driven loan forgiveness portion of this initiative. So maybe this is going to cost, yeah, a trillion, more than a trillion. And the interesting thing is the annual government's budget that's excluding the entitlements just to run the government, the military, uh, the monolithic Washington establishment, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, We run that whole thing at about a trillion and a half dollars. So there's about a trillion dollars going out the door here uh, because if those loans are not paid, they've got to come out of the budget somewhere. So who's really paying for this? Any ideas, Nick? I mean, I would say the taxpayers, Dave. Well, yeah, I mean, no one's really talked about this, but someone's got to pay it. And who pays for all this stuff? You and me. It comes out of that that withholding tax. But maybe they're just going to add it to the federal debt somehow. I don't know. The federal debt is so incredibly high, and they keep adding to it, um, apparently without consequence, but they keep uh, adding to this. And eventually, uh, these loans are going to have to be repaid. Another interesting fact, a Yahoo News survey this year found that a plurality of Americans approve of this debt forgiveness program. Well, of of course, you dial someone up and go, "Uh, would you like some money? The only answer is, yeah, I approve. But also, going back real quick, you know, the federal debt just seems like my student loan debt. It It seems like it's just a number that's in the ceiling and you know, eventually it'll get paid off. 
Well, but will it? I mean, I think your student loan debt will because you've probably got a very clear plan on how you're going to do that. But I remember when that when the federal debt was, I don't know, three, four trillion, and then it was six trillion, and we're running around going, oh my God, how's it ever going to get repaid? And now I don't know. I, I think it's north of 20 trillion. I haven't I haven't looked. Uh, why don't you uh, shoot up on your computer and see if you can get a number? I think it's north of 20 trillion. Let me see. And, and we're gonna and, and we're gonna pay interest on that debt, um, and that cuts into the amount of spendable money that we have every year. And as interest rates go up, arguably the cost of that debt is going to get more and more. At some point, it's going to be an impediment to effectively running a company or a country. I don't know how they're going to deal with it. I'd love to do a show on that because I don't understand a whole lot about that national debt. It seems to me that. You're either going to have to repay it or you're going to have to print money. And if you print money, the money that we have now is worth just that much less. And hey, guess what? It means we end up paying it. Were you able to find a deficit number, Nick? Yeah. So as of February 2020, okay, still two and a half years ago, the U.S. Well, that's, yeah. the U.S. debt was at 23.3 trillion. Oh my god! Dollars. Oh my god! That just made me pucker. So that's two years ago. It was 23 trillion. Imagine what it is. Imagine what it is now. So everybody likes it. Everyone's getting it. But that federal debt keeps growing and growing and growing. And uh, there's going to have to be a day of reckoning at some point. Even Elon Musk said, who's, as everybody knows, I consider one of the the, the brighter guys um, on the planet. He, he said, look, this isn't sustainable. Politics aside, this isn't sustainable. So what are we going to do? I uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about the history a little bit about this student loan forgiveness. You know, this really came up and became a, a topic that was to be talked about in the last election cycle um, for president. And it seemed like it was brought up um, a lot by Elizabeth Warren and, and Bernie Sanders, Sanders. And the idea was that people, so many people were hopelessly in this debt that it would good, get into the way of their ability to buy goods and services so that it was slowing the economy down. So wouldn't it be a good idea just to pay that debt off so that people could go out and buy goods and services and the economy would um, continue to thrive? So that's how it came up, although they were talking about total student loan forgiveness. Uh, President Biden landed upon basically um, ten thousand dollars. So, um, let's talk about some of these issues. I mean, number one, is this really good for individuals or the economy, or is it is it just a giveaway? Is it just another excuse to give a bunch of people uh, money? By the way, in advance of some midterm elections coming up, um, who knows? Who really knows? And I don't have a really good handle on that. Um, hard to say. Is cleaning up this debt? for lower income people, it looks like it's gonna be directed most uh, uh, to benefit lower income folks. Remember the Wharton statistic was that uh, the vast majority of this was gonna um, benefit people making under $88,000. Is that gonna help with the economy? I don't know. Is it gonna help with the individuals, just 10,000 debt? Uh, I don't know. Now, some people are saying, wow, you free up that debt and now people are going to go out and spend and isn't that going to increase demand and isn't that going to run up inflation so this could add to our inflationary uh, pressure uh, which some people 
like Elon seemed to say that maybe this is starting to top out a little bit, but, uh, but there's Dave, a lot of it. Yeah. Dave, Dave, on that point though. Yeah. Isn't this kind of analogous to the stimulus checks? Well, I, I mean, so. this is just the federal reserve <clears throat> printing, you know, e-money, not even real money. Right. But it's just for forgiving outstanding debt and it's similar to a stimulus check well putting money into the it's not putting money into the economy it's putting money into the economy that was not already there and therefore i think it would only exacerbate inflation well i think um intellectually i think reasonably i think you're right but a a lot of the experts don't seem to um necessarily think so but i think the logic of what you're saying is exactly exactly on point um you know is is ten thousand dollars relief enough to to really speed things up hard to say i mean ten thousand dollars is about 300 a month if you think about it that's about um half of what it costs for for a car payment for those people that are into making car payments not us tfwp folks but uh, is that going to make a difference for a lot of people? I don't know. I mean, I think you could make an argument that ten thousand a person isn't isn't enough to create, um, you know, any kind of inflationary pressure. But it seems like it to me. So it depends upon your politics. I think what type of you know what side of the aisle you're on, whether it's a, a giveaway or, or some way to stimulate the economy. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of come down on the side of, it seems to me to be more of a giveaway than anything else, but, um, that's just, that's just my perspective, you know? Um, another thought is, and, and this is something that hasn't been discussed that much, um, but I, but I think it's an underlying issue. You know, what really is the purpose of a degree? Why go to college? I mean, you know, back when I was coming up, they said, oh, you got to go to school if you want to make more money. A college degree can be worth a million dollars. And a million dollars was a lot of money back then um, over the lifetime of your your career. So, um, you know, you got to go to college to make some more money. But there are a lot of people that were saying, well, the the purpose of going to college is to, to find yourself or to become a more rounded person as opposed to strictly a career preparation um, kind of time. You know, I, I went to college thinking that it was a, a career preparation uh, a kind of experience. And, and the more I was there, the more I started to realize that it was uh, to round out an education. But you have to remember, I went to California Lutheran University, which was a, um, a, a liberal arts school. It wasn't a tech school necessarily per se. Um, unfortunately, now I think it's become an awful expensive way uh, to find yourself or to become well-rounded. I think, you know, uh, if you you want a wider education, you want to find yourself, you could go out and, and volunteer for some kind of a public service, Cal Fire or the Peace Corps, if the Peace Corps is still around. Um, so I think that there's, there's other ways to deal with that. But I think people... Are, are need to rethink and are rethinking a little bit. But what's what's the purpose of a degree? Now, Nick, you and I, our experience is a little different because we went on to um, graduate school. We, we got a, a Juris Doctor degree because we very specifically wanted to practice law. But what were your thoughts um, about this when you were you were in undergrad? I mean, I think 
you know, there's many thoughts that go through my mind. And I think a degree is vague. You know, what type of degree? Is it mm -hmm. a cosmetology degree? Mm -hmm. Is it a Juris Doctor? Is it an mm -hmm. MD? Is it, you know, some type of trade? I think in the right mindset, going to secondary school or going to a trade school is a great thing. Um, but, you know, not everyone has the mindset going into undergrad. I mean, think about it. There's some 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds that are going to an undergraduate school. They don't, they likely don't know what they want to do for the next 50 years of their life. Right. Right? Right. Um, and, and they want to go for the, you know, the, the campus life experience, which right. seems to me is more like, hey, the parties are good. Hey, I, I, I did it. I will say I did it. It's okay. Yeah. I, but, I went, I went to play football, but that was, <laughs> that was a long time ago. I mean, back the wait, wait, you played paper football, right? Where, where you flick it with your, uh, with your index finger. Anyway, I was a little more than that, but, uh, you know, and we, we, I played on a nationally ranked team for small colleges, but so it wasn't paper football, but, um, I, I didn't go out there necessarily, um, for the degree or, uh, you know, the second, the second, third objective was for a degree and it was to you know get ready for law school or something else that i wanted to do but um i think people need to think more and more about that i, I always kind of got a chuckle about an anthropology degree and i don't want to pick on anyone to degree but um anthropology what are you going to do with that how are you going to monetize that uh, that's kind of crazy to me i mean i mean that or like a history degree right like unless you want to be a professor yeah unless or, you want to teach yeah you know, I mean, if you do, I'm, I'm not knocking it. I am yeah. not knocking it. I, I think, you know, there's a field for everyone. Some find it sooner than later. Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I mean, I graduated with a psychology degree. I thought I wanted to do something in psychology. Mm -hmm. uh, that said, I believe in law. There's a lot of psychology that I can, oh, yeah. I can use to my benefits. Oh, uh, yeah. Even with negotiation. Yeah, and, yeah. And empathy and knowing where someone's coming from, mm -hmm. but I, I think we're getting. Uh, but I digress. Uh, I I think there there is some benefit to a purpose of a degree, but I think there's also, um, it, it's not completely beneficial for some fields. Sure, sure. By the way, one of the most popular degrees right now is psychology, because it does have so much um, applicability into so many different um, fields. So you, you got a very popular degree. Well, let's talk about something a little bit different. Um, and I think this is the first thing out of people's mouths, you know, uh, is it fair? Is it fair that some people got their loans forgiven or partially forgiven and some people paid their loans? And we've talked about this a lot at TFWP over the last um, year or two, uh, because we said, you know, people asked us, should we pay? We think that there's forgiveness coming down there. Should you continue to pay? And our best advice was, yeah, you probably should continue to pay. But some of those people are going to feel pretty much like saps because they did pay and could have gotten it forgiven. So um, my thinking is, you know, if if you got a fair deal with your loan, so what else? So so what if someone got a better deal? You know, if someone got their debt, I mean, how does that make your loan unfair? Your loan was fair. You repaid it. Or you're still going to pay it. Um, you know, why should you complain about what somebody else got? However. You know, the money doesn't just come from a big nebulous pot. So it's going to come out of somebody's pocket somewhere and it and it's going to be our pocket. 
you know, it's it's the money that's not paid is going to come out of our pocket. And that's where you see people um, saying, well, it's not fair. I was watching the Nebraska football feed last weekend, two weeks ago, maybe, and an ad came on. And these were ads that were made in Nebraska and it showed farmers um, uh, and people with a more rural experience. And basically they were saying, hey, I paid my debts or I work two jobs to put my kids through school. So thank you very much for adding to my tax burden to pay for your kids. And it's like, ouch, these were actual commercials on a TV. I mean, the thing is, I'm really on the fence about this. Yeah. You know, the person, the side of me who's in debt, of course I love it. Mm -hmm. Of course I do. And the other side of me, slightly thinks that this could be a slippery slope. And I think it goes back to the notion of, you know what, I'll go do something and someone else is going to pick up after me. I don't I like agree. that. I don't I like agree. that. Yep. So, I think sense. it's a departure from personal responsibility, in my opinion. So I understand how people feel that it's um, not fair. However, if you look at the statistics and you see that the vast majority of the relief is coming to people with, you know, significantly lower incomes, uh, I have less, less of, a, of a problem with that. But um, I don't know. I think there's a huge fairness argument there, it seems to me. I, I have a wild notion, Dave, and I don't, yeah. know I don't know if we're getting to this. I don't think we are. But mm -hmm. what if we use that money instead? It's not going to happen, at least as of today. But what if we do free community college? So at least the person that's going into school as an 18-year-old goes mm -hmm. to free community college, and now they're 20 or 21 after they graduate with their associate's degree. Mm -hmm. Now they can they have a likely a greater understanding of the financial responsibility they may undertake by going to higher education. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a potential solution. I want to talk about that in a couple minutes, but even potentially uh, getting to kids even sooner than that with a, um, a course in, in high school, not only about, you know, whether you want to, um, you know, further education, how you're going to pay for it, but as part of a um, personal finance um, section, you know, it's, it's, it seems to me, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, I want to get to this, this issue. And that is, I think that undergraduate school is just, too expensive. Is there a way to fund it in some way that's that's lower and and community college is part of that, Nick? Um, I'll give you some statistics. USC, and I don't want to pick on USC, but we have a couple of you know big schools here in, in right. SoCal. USC costs sixty three thousand dollars plus ten thousand dollar room and board, more or less, plus some other fees. Cal Lutheran, where I went, forty seven thousand five hundred dollars plus the room and board and the other fees. UCLA, 13,000 plus the other fees. Now, UCLA is underwritten by, and by the state, but a, a, lot of, a lot of kids can't get into the, the UC system. I think that's also contingent. I mean, I, I'm not saying your number's wrong, Dave. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, just, it's suspicious, I'll say that. Mm -hmm. But besides that, that would only be contingent on someone who is a California resident that would not be an out-of-state resident tuition rate. Correct? Oh, absolutely. The USC or UCLA number for out-of-state, much larger, maybe three times as large. I would say close to the USC rate, but USC is also yeah. a private school mm -hmm. compared to the UCLA, which is 
you know, a public school. Mm -hmm. Again, underwritten by the, the state of California. Um, CSUN, 19,000 tuition plus room and board. Um, again, underwritten in part by the state, but, you know, pretty decent value. But, you know, I, I, I lecture at CSUN from time to time. And one of the things I tell those kids, you know, look, SC costs this much or UCLA, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Is, is the education that you get at USC three times better than what you're getting at CSUN? Is it four times better, whatever that number is, whatever the multiple is of, of uh, what you uh, get in terms of an education from UCLA? I mean, of course not. Of course not. Um, what are you getting, though? Well, it depends upon the school. You know, I mean, you could argue that there's a, a deeper alumni group um, at USC, certainly a better football team. <clears throat> uh, class size, I did some research on class size. At USC, the average class size is 26, CSUN it's 30, uh, Cal Lutheran 14. I mean, I always liked having real small classes uh, out of Cal Lutheran, and some would argue that a smaller class is a better class, but some would argue that that's not necessarily the case. I remember my friends that were going to uh, UCLA or SC. Yeah, they had a better brand name, but you know, the freshman year, uh, first two years actually, they're sitting in classes with a couple hundred kids taught by a you know teacher's assistant. Is that a better education? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure that it is. But my point is not to compare the various schools. My point is, it's too expensive. Uh, you know, Cal Lutheran's too expensive. A USC is ridiculously expensive. The other, the other schools are un underwritten by guess who? You and me again as, as taxpayers. Um, but we've got to find a better way to, um, you know, we've got to find a better way to make education more cost effective for those people that want to do it. And Nick, I think one of the things you talked about was, yeah, what if we emphasize that people go to community college the first two years, get rid of those uh, uh, general education requirements. Uh, now, it's not not nearly as much fun to go to a community college because a lot of those kids live at home, but it's nearly free. In fact, a lot of the a lot of the money that's been coming out of uh, the state and federal government has been going towards community colleges. That was free. What are your thoughts about that? I, I think I have a fun fact and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe our current California Supreme Court justice um i think she's the chief justice as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she went to sacramento city college and okay. i i i can't emphasize enough i went to community college mm -hmm. i went to us i don't know if it's small anymore but it's called pierce college in wogan hills california mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I did three years two or three years there and mm -hmm. then um you know i went to a csu or a cal state university and I can't believe it's nineteen thousand dollars in tuition now. When I went, it was seven thousand two hundred dollars in two thousand five. Are you talking about CSUN? Uh, not Cal State University Chico. Oh, Chico! So you went to Chico? I didn't know that. Yeah, I went to Chico and party party school. Party school. You know what? I had my fun, Dave, and I got it all out before law school. I I, I went up and visited a buddy one time who went to Chico and. Uh, Wow, there's a lot of beer bars in that town. That's a lot of fun. You know what? I'm going to plead the fifth. As, as they say. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I love the community college. And even if it's not a community college, I love trade schools because going to a trade school, it'll put you into a field where you are essentially um, you're studying for that field. Right. Um, it, it's a specific area 
compared to general ed, as you were mm-hmm. saying earlier. Like, mm-hmm. I, I took a geology class. I, I don't use geology nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did make you a more rounded person. Do you feel you got benefit from it that way? I, I guess. I learned about, what, you mean GEs? Yeah. I mean, not necessarily, no. I, I really don't think so. I mean, it would be interesting to have a future podcast and to see what other countries around the world do for GEs or even if they have GEs. Right, right. But it seems to me that, um, you know, to get into some of these schools as a freshman, it's so hard, it's so competitive, and it's so expensive. And yet, uh, and then a couple of years later, it's much easier. You go to a community college for a couple of years, then you get in, finish at UCLA and you end up with a, a degree from UCLA on your resume or SC or any other place, University, University of Washington, any other place. So there, there's other ways to do it, but you miss out on those first couple of years. When you were going to Pierce, did you live at home? I did. So I yeah. That way. yeah, no, that, that was smart. But, uh, you know, there's a whole college dorm scene thing that goes on. And, uh, you know, when I first came out of uh, Cal Lutheran, I thought that um, and still do think, actually, that I learned more in the dorms than I learned in the classroom. What does that mean, the first Dave? couple of years. How about <laughs> just, you know, interacting with a bunch of people, learning to be self-sufficient. I mean, a whole bunch of things like that, you know, um, how to open a beer bottle with your teeth. All the things that, that gets you through, uh, you know, that gets you through. But um, I'm not so sure that that's that that's a good expenditure of money anymore it, it just become too expensive if it was less expensive sure sure how about another solution make the schools responsible for the student loan it takes all the risk off the student if the loan doesn't get paid that the school's got to pay it boy now the school's going to be really interested in making sure that they're doling out degrees that can uh, have a return on investment you know um that way they'd be taken that way they'd be taken the loss the these admission counselors that you talk to i mean they're really they're really salesmen you know and and like a timeshare they're they're looking to make a sale and they're selling the experience not necessarily the the value so i think the counseling about you know what school to go to shouldn't be by admission counselors it should be in an earlier letter or earlier time and that's why i think it should be part of a high school course or or something like that um Another thought might be, how about controlling interest rates? Remember, we're interest rate, interest rate, interest rate, but as a way to reward prompt payments, knock off interest rates. People get so discouraged, um, you know, or another solution, even better, encourage relatives uh, to give um, uh, to someone's college fund instead of buying them, you know, plastic disposable gifts uh, when the, when the, um, um, you know, when they're young. What about the ethics of this, Nick? Someone comes along to you and says, hey, Nick, we're going to give you 10000 in uh, uh, debt relief on your student loans. You going to take it? Of course I am. Why yeah, not? Yeah, I mean, I think so. You know, I think if someone offers you money, unless it's, you know, murder for hire money or something, I, I think you take it, even though we've got questions about the program. So I don't know. I think there are some things to to, to think about um, as this is uh, taking effect and later on in the year as some of this money is is um, uh, being forgiven you know at, at the end of the day it's 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 here it's not going to help some uh, some people it may help a lot um, but we need better solutions it costs it costs too much to get that degree um, I think there's other things that we could do to make it fairer and more and, and more cost effective to get that degree. And, and then also, I think there's a lot of people that, 
you know, depending upon what they want to do with their life, they don't need that degree. I, I don't think that that should be some kind of absolute barrier. In fact, I think there's a lot of people that are making a lot more money doing jobs that don't necessarily require a degree. Where was it? Somewhere I saw a list of jobs and someone was saying, be uh, go out and, and um, get a certificate to do uh, air conditioning. Um, in buildings, that those people are really cleaning up right now, and that that's such a good trade. So I, I think there's other alternatives to that. Um, stay with us next week. We're going to talk about some lessons learned from a simple cup of coffee. And then in two weeks, I want to talk about uh, winning the lottery and how much money you actually end up getting once you've got that big lottery winning. So, Nick, thanks a lot for sticking with us. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.